The Nuggets practice in their first postseason practice, and we'll talk about what they had to say, what the vibe is, all that and more. Plus, the Minnesota Timberwolves lose one of the most hilarious games ever. They'll face the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll talk about the possibility of both of those teams being Denver's opponent as we go through the play-in tournament on this edition of Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're available on all platforms, whether you want to check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to check us out on YouTube, best way for you to support the show, just go hit the subscribe and like button over on YouTube. You can join the live show, hang out with us in the comments section, join all sorts of folks hanging out with us on the daily. We appreciate you guys being part of our community. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery, grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use code NBA60, NBA60, for 60% off plus free shipping. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for from the Action Network. Joined by Adam Mares, he's director of content for DMVR. Check out the pre and post game shows over at DMVR. You can also go check out over on the old YouTube's the interview that they had with Calvin Booth. Who hung out with them the other day. Lots of cool stuff in there as the fellas got to hang out with Calvin Booth. Check out all the great stuff at DMVR. Adam, uh, on today's show, we'll talk about practice, which you were at. I was not able to make it because I had, was writing about a million things and podcasting. Um, hold on, hold on. We have a Red Bull check. Are we? Uh... No, no. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it is 11 o'clock at night. There, there's a, there, there comes a point where I have to, I have to force myself to slow down or there's going to be um, problems with the old ticker and I don't, yeah. don't want to have a heart attack. So yeah. I got to like, man, I'm trying tonight. The goal is when I finish this podcast, I got to finish uh, one and a half more columns and then I'm going to get some sleep. So I'm there like, you go managing myself i am enjoying a nice watermelon gatorade though which these are amazing so um let's start here practice today uh, i got the quotes that everyone shared on twitter the usual assortment of folks hanging out and uh sharing the quotes from practice uh i will ask you though because you were very curious about this i want to know i need a vibe check my man what, yeah. were the, what were the vibes from the first no, day of practice. I mean, honestly, it's weird to say, but it's my biggest takeaway. I just, this felt like, and I can't remember, I think Aaron Gordon is the one that said this, but he was right. He rightly assessed it. Did. It felt like training camp, which is to say it felt like the end, like one season had ended and another one had begun. And I think that's the vibe was up. Players were upbeat. Um, it, it, you could just tell there was energy in the room. You know, sometimes you walk into practice, you know this, Matt. Sometimes you walk into practice, there's just no energy, and you're like, okay, I could tell what it is. Tonight, today was a day that was the team just had a lot of energy to them and a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. And I joke about this, but I'm also being serious. Jokic was smiling and laughing and important and having a good time. And I'm telling you, there was a long stretch over this last six weeks where every time I saw him, whether it was in the hallway, whether it was at practice, or whether it was on the basketball court on my TV, where he just didn't look very happy. And today it looked like the team was, okay, we're finally here. Um, we, we're feeling good. That's another note out of it. But it, it just was a good vibe. It's no longer bad for you to try. <laughs> like, right. it's, yes. it's, this is really how the NBA regular season is. Is like, if you're trying in the regular season, you're wasting energy that you need for this time. 
Yeah. And now you get to go. And now yeah. everybody's like raring to go and ready to go. Um, Jamal talked about the hand, said that it was still bothering him. Are you concerned about that? I mean, I am. Um, you know, he didn't seem too concerned by it, but both he he made reference to, yeah, it really hurts. Um, and then Malone said something about every time he catches it, you can see him wince, like every time he catches a pass. And I'm just thinking, like, that's not – that doesn't sound like a small thing. That sounds like a major thing. But, you know, obviously he's played through it. He's made shots through it. And he didn't seem to make it seem like it was a big deal. There wasn't a giant cast or wrap or anything like that on it. It's just a thing that he's going to have to probably deal with. And one of those things that he'll probably deal with for the – entirety of the playoffs it'll probably be something he feels you know during games but he didn't seem to think it was a big deal even if he did say it was still in pain okay um everybody else seemed pretty healthy the aaron gordon was the best and we talked to him today and he said that over the all-star break every time he breathed in his rib would pop out of place (laughs) which i can't tell if that's an exaggeration you know, these are players are, they don't like to tell you what their injuries are or anything so well after, but he said every time he would breathe deep, he would, his rib would pop out of place. And so um, he said it was a lot of pain, but he said he, it's night and day. And he kind of had a big smile about how great he feels right now. He had a very, he had a calmness to him and an excitement. Too. I mean, this is what I would say. The Nuggets seemed excited, which is not what I would have expected to say about them. Like they have not looked excited for two months. They looked I- excited today. I was genuinely like expecting more of like, well, you know, I mean, we got to get to this first round and then we got to get to the second round and then maybe we have a chance to make the finals. You know, we just got to get there. But instead, like if they're like, I mean, here's the thing. 12 wins and they're in the finals for the first time. That's it. That's that's what's in their way. They need 12 wins. 12 seems so small compared to 16 for some Mm -hmm. reason. So they need 12 wins, um, and they're in a, in a, in a spot there. Um, Michael Malone spoke to the media. What was your big takeaway from Malone's commentary? Um, you know, from Malone, just again, they had a team dinner last night. It sounds like it went really well. And again, it just everything seemed like a real reset for the team, just like a, a real, all right, guys, we're through that. Malone, it's funny how Malone was throwing fits over the last week of the regular season calling the guy soft, this or that. Today, he broke the sort of fourth wall, so to speak, and just kind of admitting like, hey, we haven't been very focused the last month. Like we have, we've been prioritizing rest. I can't remember the way he, he would always frame it in a way, but it means the same thing. We haven't been trying. We haven't been putting forth our, our full effort. He said, but you look at it, now we're here. Guys are healthier than they've been in a long time. They're rested. And so I kind of feel in a weird way, I think it was, nasty business what the nuggets have gone through in the last month i'm sure they didn't even feel good about it but i do feel like there was a sense of breathe out look around we're healthy we're complete and we're the one seed like everything is good it didn't feel good going through it but everything's good now and i just felt like that was it the one thing i'll tell you about practice though is he said that they did go they're going full intensity because he said we shut it down but we're done with he said something we shut it down because we didn't want to get hurt something to this extent but we're not going to shut it down anymore. Like even in practice, we're going five on five. We're going hard. We're going full speed. And he's like basically saying we'll risk it for the next few days in practice, but you have to, like, we can't, we can't rest all the way up till game day. I agree. I agree. You do not want to go in like a, a slow ramp up and then just all of a sudden get there because right. whoever you're getting, and we'll talk about this in the second segment, you're getting a team that's had to absolutely fight and claw in this last not just two games, like three or four games. Like these teams are battling 
And those teams are dangerous when they come in in that kind of mindset. Like they're, they are accustomed to it. They are in that mode. Um, It could be an advantage when you have like, you know, a rest advantage and they should, they should have an advantage there. They are the one seed, but it's just, I, I agree with them going full speed and ramping it up now to get everybody going. Like if there's injuries, I, you can't hide guys forever. You just can't. You cannot protect everybody forever. You got to risk some of this. This is sports, right? Right. And I think that's what these practices seem to have represented was like, hey, let's go at each other now. Let's be a little bit more intense. And I don't know. It was a good energy. It was just a great energy. At In fact, uh, I, I laughed because Aaron Gordon, he had the quote. He had a several quotes of the day today. One, you know, he says you can't turn – he was asked about a switch and he said, I don't think you can turn it from off to on, but you can turn it from on to up, which I thought was funny. I don't know what that means for the nuggets because they sure seem like the switch was off, but maybe they're turning it on now. And then when the game starts, they'll turn it up. I don't know. But he also said that it was a great vibe. Last night's dinner was a great scene and a great vibe, which only Aaron Gordon can pull off that one. It's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, All right. So are you satisfied and encouraged is accurate to say by what practicing what today a hundred percent and like i always say that malone oftentimes you can tell how practice went by what mood malone is in and malone was in a great mood and he was even you know how it is matt how many guys are at practice on average media guys eightish yeah there's about 20 today and you know some first timers (laughs) first timers in the local media and they all have some of the questions that you know drive malone crazy and you know, even Malone today in moments where had that happened at a day when he was really down, he would have snapped, you know, you don't know. And like he handled them with like, ah, I'm in too good a mood to allow that stupid question to get to me. And I just I thought it was, um, like I said, a very, very encouraging day to be at the uh, at the gym. Excellent. On the other side, we'll dive into the playing tournament games. We'll start with the Lakers and the Wolves. We'll get Adam's reaction to not having to face his absolute worst nightmare, as well as what it means if the Minnesota Timberwolves were to advance on Friday. Later on, we'll get to the Oklahoma City Thunder who toppled the Pelicans and what that means and why I think this is uh, and how things broke in an optimum way for the Denver Nuggets. But first, I need to tell you about the ultimate basketball GM game. The ultimate pro basketball GM game is the coolest game that you're going to have played in a long, long time. If you've always thought that you could be a great NBA GM, well... You should play it and find out. Maybe not be that easy. If you had the same thought and you fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise, go and download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. This game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities from players and coaches, hiring the right coaches and assistant, trading and training players, making the right draft picks. Good to be a situation like OKC, where you have 700 options. Navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Nuggets listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up in the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com, ultimate basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and being a part of our day. Uh, Adam, there's a question from Bubbles Buzzer Beater. What's your favorite guitar you got in the background? This Gretsch, this beautiful electromatic Gretsch back here. You can barely see it. Woof. 
gorgeous. Sounds great too. Um, All right, so let's start here. The Los Angeles Lakers and Minnesota Timberwolves played a playing game on Tuesday night, and it was pretty hilarious. You know, real real quick, John Steigen's asking if any national media know there will be some for the playoffs, but they're not going to arrive until Saturday, probably. Yeah, maybe Sunday, to be honest. They they will be here, but but not not yet. Uh, there will be a couple of reporters that will probably be assigned to the Nuggets. Um, also, the Athletic, I think, I believe, is assigning somebody. So. Tony Jones. <laughs> Resident Nuggets hater Tony Jones. Tony Jones. To, uh... Tony Jones. He gets to see MPJ's development up close and personal. I'm excited for that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so, I love Tony. Tony's good. Yeah, dude. me too. Um, all right. So, I have a, like a little bit of a different take on how like that game was hilarious it was it was a, a terrible basketball game i thoroughly enjoyed it the um, lakers yeah i just i wanted to say that like the wolves i don't think people really understand like how much that just seems like everything kind of goes against like it just they were up against so much in that game they played that pelicans game which was a really tough one that they had to come from behind to win um then like they lose gobert and mcdaniels in the game two days rest they're on the road in LA. No go bear versus Anthony Davis. Like all of this stuff happens. And Ant, like I'll just say it, like I I believe Ant got hurt in that game. Like I just think everyone's like, no, no, he just sucked. And I'm like, I don't know. Like what I did he watched hurt? him. What? What did he hurt? A shoulder. So there was uh, like there was some treatment that was done on it. And like that's the word is like he got hurt, which I, I kind of believe. So I don't know what condition he's in for Friday night night's game. That's an important question to kind of ask. Um Steve Wynn says cat disappeared in that game. So a lot of that is the, I'll say like, you're right. The problem honestly is that cat has developed so much as a, as a space big that he didn't work enough on his post-up moves. So he can't punish switches the same way that Nicola, Joel, or any of the top centers can. He doesn't have that capacity. Like his footwork inside isn't good enough. Um, And that's a bummer. Because like Cat has a lot of flexibility, mobility, and good footwork, but he just hasn't worked on that part of his game. And like to me, that's like a part of that's like a player development let down by the by the Wolves. To be perfectly honest with you, um, it was interesting coming out of that game because everyone was very high on the Lakers coming in, and after that game, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, they're not like they're not they're not very good." <laughs> like everyone kind of realized like, "Oh yeah, like I mean they had a good run after the All Star break after the trade because they played a bunch of crap teams, but that team's not very good." And LeBron did not did not play like he's doing the same defensive stuff that he was doing in Cleveland, which is bad. That's a he's, that's a he's, he's hurt, man. Like this is the thing about watching that game. I kind of wanted the Lakers to be, fall to eight and play them. LeBron is not healthy. I mean, no. I just that's why I I look at that. I'm picking Memphis in that series. I just I don't think that the Lakers are very good or very deep. Um, and that was I said this on DNVR, but that game specifically. I mean, the, the game today I thought was well played. I don't. I don't think either team today, the Pelicans or Thunder, are great teams, but they played well or whatever. Watching that that one, the last play in yesterday, I just thought these are playing teams. Yeah, these aren't non-play. These are not unlucky teams that fell to the play-in because of circumstances. Those were playing teams, and I think that's the thing that we keep wondering: what will it be like when all these teams have to elevate? We've seen what Denver's try-hard floor is. And it was well above what we saw from either of these two play-in games. Yeah, I agree. They're, I agree. they're not try-hard floors, floors below it, but their try-hard floor is well above what we've seen. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this. You've been concerned about the Minnesota matchup. 
do you feel the same way after that last performance? Again, concern is like, okay, do they present challenges? And I still think like they didn't have Gobert, they didn't have McDaniels. And I do think there's something to scouting a team when you don't know who's going to play. I just think that's hard. Like with New Orleans one, I would have been worried about the Zion factor, the Alvarado factor, just in the chaos that an underdog doesn't have to worry about what if this screws us up? They can just say, hey, chaos grenade, Zion plays with the bench. Let's see what Denver does. And then you're hoping that Jeff Green guards Zion Williamson and like on staggered minutes and you're, it's just chaos. It could be chaos. Yeah. So there was, and that's what Minnesota represents. But if you tell me like, should Denver beat him? If Denver lost to Minnesota or Oklahoma city, it would be a disaster. That would not be a man. This team isn't as good as we thought they were. It would be a, something went really wrong here. Many people are getting fired. Many people are getting traded. Like someone's going to emergency. Someone's going to jail. That's, that's what happens in that situation. Um, so a couple things there. Um, I think you're absolutely right. Like the Nuggets are just like, they should, you kind of realize like the Nuggets are way better than, than these teams and they've kind of proven it. You eventually are like the record is you are what the record says you are. Um, there are exceptions to that, but I do think that, that for the most part that that's accurate. Um, part of this too, is the Wolves hung in that game and had a lead in large part because they bombed from three, which that was like the exact right. That was the a hundred percent right game plan versus the Lakers Lakers, is you want to beat them with the math game is they don't take any threes. You want to hit them all. You want to hit a lot of them. And like Finch, my take on Chris Finch is, um, I like the way his teams play. I like the overall structure. I think that he manages matchups well. I think he attacks pressure points well. But for whatever reason, and I actually pin this more on the players, this team is absolutely horrific in clutch time situations in any high stakes game. We saw it last year with Memphis where they just whizzed down their leg. They could have won that series. Like They had Memphis on the ropes and they let them go. Like They let that team off the hook. That's kind of a problem when you're facing a team in Denver that has been absolutely lights out in clutch time. Now, historically, clutch time stuff in the in the regular season doesn't translate 100% to the playoffs. But to me, in this specific instance, it's that I do not trust the Wolves' poise, and I trust the Nuggets' poise very much. I mean, no question that's one of the big battlegrounds, right? I think you you have to feel good there. But I do think just the losses that they've suffered also make their roster nonsensical. I mean, I don't think that Gobert and Towns – or Gobert – and Anthony Edwards can both succeed. You're probably going to lean more on Anthony Edwards than you are Towns. And I don't think that the the Wolves have any chance of stopping Jokic. They probably don't have it either way, but they probably don't have any chance unless they play Gobert. So there's just this weird thing where I'm like, I don't, they have a lot of question marks and I don't think it would be good. And also Anthony Edwards is a really good player. And I think he's going to be a great player. I still don't know him and Towns both, I just don't think are getting four wins off the Nuggets. I would be very surprised. The two big lineup, I think it can cause some problems because it means that AG can't guard Anthony Edwards. Like that would be my ideal is that you have AG to guard Ant. I like that matchup quite a bit because he's so physical. Yeah, um, but Ant, I, I do too. But Ant also doesn't play well with two bigs on the court. Like this, sure. that's the thing is you, you're taking a thing that they're bad against everybody with a, something that might challenge Denver in a, in a way. And also, by the way, might not. Um. I do think that don't be surprised by the way Finch did this in a game uh, versus Brooklyn uh, a week ago. He actually benched Gobert down the stretch. And especially after this latest incident, like he is more empowered than ever if he needs to. 
Finch will Finch will bench Gobert in a way that Quinn Snyder could not in Utah. That just wasn't the same situation. So probably especially now, like yeah. you almost have extra. Yeah. So like this is a. I mean, that, to me, that's a key component here. Is you know that dynamic. Um, I'll go back and look at if they do advance on Friday. I'll go back and look at why the Wolves were able to get the advantage over Denver. But we know that some of it was just schedule stuff. Um, some some of it's also just Thunder stuff. Like it's. <clears throat> Denver gives what they need to to get a win out of a team off of the yeah. team. Um, so you feel like well, I guess here's my here's my big question though is do you feel more or less confident in the Nuggets versus the the Wolves than you did a week ago? Oh, way more. I mean, a lot of this is again, like we said, it's hard not to see the forest for the or it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in the middle of a month long and by the way, a month long slump. And by the way, let me say this, Matt. This is another one of my takeaways because we keep we both flip sides of this argument, curiously enough, about whether or not March slash April basketball matters. And I will say this. The Lakers had the number one defense after the All-Star break and were playing very well when they had their guys. And one theory about that is, well, they had more to play for. Your theory of whatever team's more motivated usually wins. You watch them in that series or in that that playing game and you go – that's not the best team in the NBA post All Star break. I'm sorry, they're just not. <laughs> like, they're not. And then you and, and so then you take the inverse of that and think, well, Denver hasn't been good, and it's like they're not the bad version of them. They're just not that great. Right. So all of those things combined for me over the last couple of days, you look at it and you go, okay, these are probably what I originally thought they were. Um, I agree with you. I agree with you on in totality on on that assessment of where both teams are. Like I think the Lakers that said, I do have to ask, are you relieved? That's not the Lakers. You know what? No. Like part of me thinks, Ooh, like, you know, I love I, it. You know, here's why I went on Anthony Irwin's pod. I think it's going to come out tomorrow. And one of the things he asked me, he asked me that very question. Just like, Oh, nuggets dodged a bullet. And I wanted to be like, no, they didn't. Lakers dodged a bullet. Good luck in minute in Memphis, man. Like that team is not good. There's a lot of guys that you're that you when you watch them, you're just like, okay, so Rui Hachimura now has to make a bunch of corner threes. Come on, man. I love it. I love it. You're back in. This is great. Good. To, this is good to see. This is exciting. On the other side, uh, we'll talk about the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. What the th- challenges the Thunder might present for the Nuggets in a first round series. Uh, we'll get to all that plus a little bit of talk about the Pelicans in the Western Conference. We'll do that when we return. But first, I need to tell you about. FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. There's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. You get the, How about Aaron Judge to pick up where he left off of the home run or a pitcher to go over on strikeouts? Betting baseball is one of the most fun things in the world, especially during day games. So make sure to check it out. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Bubbles buzzer beater has me laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a this is an interesting meme the chat has taken with you, Matt. I can't say I hate it. Can't say, <laughs> can't say I hate it. Not not a, not a big. You have to watch the show on YouTube in order to get understand. Yeah. So. 
Uh, all right. So the Oklahoma City Thunder get the win versus the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night, ending the Pelicans season. Pelicans were the number one team in the Western Conference. Zion Williamson gets hurt. They lose their minds for a month and a half. They really just fell off the cart completely. Then Jose Alvarado got hurt, uh, and they limped to the finish line, made a little bit of a push over the last couple of games, had some momentum, but they got caught tonight by Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was absolutely phenomenal, as well as Josh Giddy, who is very underrated. Um, I don't have anywhere else to do this. Can I, can I rant a little bit here? Please. Um, Rockets fans were pretty obnoxious about the Thunder when the Thunder got beat out in the lottery. And it was like, ha, 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 you were like, oh, you think you're all bit like a great organization? Well, look at us. We got Jalen Green. I would rather have Josh Giddy seven days a week over Jalen Green. This is not even close. Big time plays by a player that actually knows how to get his teammates involved. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. That's a well-run organization, top to bottom. Two years. They were in the playoffs. They were in the playoffs in the bubble, 2020. Three years later, they are on the verge of being back in the playoffs. Next year, they get Chet Holmgren. They have 100 picks. That is a great run organization. I just need to like get out. Like OKC is an awesome organization, top to bottom. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the man. That floater he hit. Whew. Like The late game stuff was so great with Lou Dort guarding Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones guarding Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Like This is the stuff that makes the NBA awesome. It was such a great game. I'm very excited for the Thunder future. What do you think? I mean, I look at the Thunder, and I—I I mean, I love that team. You know, you—I love interesting players. Shea is such an interesting player. That bucket he got—I think the last one where he like he left right the way he just contorts his body on a dime—he's unbelievable. I'm with you. I love Giddy's game too. And then I think Jalen uh, Jalen Williams to me, actually, both Jalen Williams are really interesting players. To be yeah. honest with you, I the thing I wonder. Um, I don't want to say call it a gimmick because it's not a gimmick, but the Thunder play kind of a unique style of basketball. They just have a lot of drivers, a lot of dribble drivers. And I don't think it's like in this moment a threat to Denver because I just think the talent discrepancy is too big. But I do wonder what the future is of that team, like as they continue to add talent, because it's this very weird five out, everybody dribble drive attack uh, style that I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see. I don't like when the NBA gets offenses like this because it just feels a little too gimmicky for me. Um, Denver is much better than OKC. We've talked about this. Like the these teams are in the play-in, and the gap is wide. I'm not disputing that. I will say that if you're asking me who I th- then I think Nuggets fans should root for. If you ask me that question, I would tell you you should root for the Wolves. Why? So you just mentioned um, dribble drive penetration. What's been the Nuggets like? What's what's what is drives, yeah? Like Bruce Shea or Giddy driving past Bruce Brown because they're they have a couple of inches on him the Nuggets over help because they want to be helpful defenders. You know, actually, by the way, who I say does a lot of what Denver does, even though like they're an elite defense and Denver's not is the Cavs. I'm doing all this, this work on Nick's Cavs and the Cavs play really aggressive at the level of the screen, but they also bring a lot of help. Like they want to crowd guys as soon as they get into the paint. But the problem with that is like Julius Randall shot 43%. hit like a, like 15 threes versus them this year because of all that help that they're bringing. Like there's a lot of times in the NBA where I firmly believe you just need to be like, no, like we're going to play this straight up. And if you get, if our, if my guy gets beat, that's fine. Cause it takes a tough move from a good player to do this. We'll accept that versus, Ooh, I got to help my guy out. Cause he's in a tough matchup here. Oh, I gave up an open three. Like to me, that's like a very big thing in that, in that series with OKC is they're going to beat you at the point of attack because they have guys that are really great athletes. 
and Jokic is not an elite rim protector, so they will challenge him. And OKC, I think Denver can win because the the Thunder don't have a center. Like they just they don't have one, right? So like Jokic will dominate that series offensively, but you know the Thunder will be able to put some pressure on guys. And I think that you know Malone called it playing that team's like a root canal because they're disciplined with. You're right that they play a different style, but they play it very disciplined. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're able to be successful. They're, they're smart. Like they have smart players. They have a very smart coach. I mean, that's the one thing about OKC that I think is much tougher. And in the playoffs, it's probably meaningful. I do think that they that they not is a smart coach and would probably scheme very well. Like I think that team would come up with the best, the toughest possible things for Denver to over, overcome. I love this comment though from Dylan Stone, Matt. I think OKC will be a better tune-up for the Suns. Absolutely, mm. this is actually a really good point. The the Wolves, you know, with their bigs and just kind of the way they play, not really dynamic other than Anthony Edwards. They're not really dynamic backcourt players. I kind of agree with that. Whereas with OKC, you got to guard, man, and you have to guard one-on-one, which is what you're going to have to do against Booker and against KD and against Chris Paul. So another that's a really good point, Dylan. Um, Daynot is, is an innovator, though. He really is. And that's what I th- I, I'll tell you what, man. They were up. Was it they up double figures in the fourth quarter? Blew it. They're a team of 19, 20, 21-year-olds. Yeah. And somehow Daynot saved his timeouts. How many coaches would have wasted all of their timeouts when they blew 10, a 10-0 run in the fourth quarter? Just burned through them. One after the other, just burning them. And somehow he used one, let the rest of the whole quarter play, and he had three timeouts, I think, in the final stretch there, and they were all important. I talked with OKC's G League coach uh, last year at Summer League, and he talked a lot about Mark Dagnall in terms of like how even-keeled he is and how he like maintains like you need to not overreact because right. of the playing, having a young team. You've got to be the one. Like sometimes – he said, like, if you have an older team, like sometimes you gotta be the one to light the fire. But if you've if you've got a bunch of young guys, they're gonna bring that energy and emotion. You've got to be the one that's very even in order right. to balance it out. Um, I want to ask you about this. David Shea asks, perfect series to go zone on D. What do oh, you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think they're right. I mean, they're not a particularly great three-point shooting team. I will say that Denver has not been very good in their zone. And I think that the Thunder are very smart for their age. I mean, they're a smart, high IQ team. So, But it's probably something that if you get in that series, Denver's probably mixing in some zone quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's really good, especially because they don't have a center that can flash to the middle and break that up, right? Like they don't have that that kind of player. So I think that would be pretty key. Um, there's no really, there's no one really for Dort to defend. They'll probably, they would stick him on, I guess, Jamal? Who? Dort. Oh, for sure. But okay. that is one one wrinkle here. Shea and Dort, both Canadian with Jamal. Like they're all in the same circuit of you know. I'm serious. Like that no, there's I, a narrative there amongst all those guys that it's is a, like a little bit unique. It's a fun little narrative to talk about. Um, so <laughs> A. So <laughs> we should always do our shows at midnight. This is <laughs> I have I have a lot of energy because I'm just really excited for the playoffs. Like there's stakes. Like teams are trying. This is like reinvigorated me. I and, and, and honestly, I'm with you, Matt. Like the, the part of this end of the season, really. I told you this offline, but it really broke me in terms of like. You know what though? I, you know what's the interesting is it's not just you. Seth Part now literally said to me like this regular season has broken me. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of people that are just like we got to do something because these the trains <laughs> off the tracks, man. And like yeah. we got nobody's acknowledging it. I feel I just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy. but we're here and it, and it should be good. Okay, so between the two, I'll ask you: Which do you think that the Nuggets should prefer the Thunder over the Wolves? 
I know it doesn't matter, but we're Look, like this is what we're talking about. I know, I know, I understand. Um, I think he wants the Thunder. I think the Thunder are the lesser team with more holes and more more ways to exploit them. Um, I also, whenever you ask me these questions, Matt, when you're trying to pit two teams, if it's close enough, my default always comes down to one thing: what is the easier matchup for Yoke? And for me, it's this okay. is the easiest one is OKC. And I always come down to if push comes to shove and you just need your best player to go out and win it, can Jokic should be able to do that against both teams. But I think against the Thunder, it's like for sure he can take it to Jalen Williams or JRE or whoever it is they throw, Sarich. That's, that's really interesting because I think I go the other way. Where I have such faith, I'm just like, it doesn't matter. Like you can put Rudy Gobert three time I mean, defensive player of the year on Jokic. And I, I trust Yoke to do this thing. It's so hard for me, to I'm like, I'm it's like, hard. I'm like, how can you optimize the rest of them? Like, I worry about things like if Jamal has to has to face a player. Who was it that like? There's somebody that he guarded in the last month that like really gave him trouble. Dual Dylan Brooks, and then he yeah. went off in the fourth. Yeah. So like those types of things, or if there's a combination that could give MPJ trouble, I don't know what that is because he just like I really don't honestly know what a bad matchup for MPJ looks like on the offensive end. On, like guarding him, like uh, yeah, like somebody on the like bridges, yeah, Norman Powell. Like he has been shut shut down. Like okay. I mean, he has been shut down by guys before, so it is possible. I think Aaron Gordon and Jokic both have good matchups in that OKC series, and I that's pretty predictive of how good Denver will be. If those two guys have good matchups, usually they win. By the way, Jokic's stat line against the Thunder this year: twenty four, thirteen, and twelve on sixty eight percent shooting. And that, by the way, remember, those are games where we're like, why isn't Jokic playing harder? 24, 13, 12, 68% from the field, or 68% shooting. If he, if Nikola Jokic was ever like, you guys take me for granted, I'd have to be like, yes, yes, we do. That's absolutely true. I think if you play Oklahoma City, Jokic's average is 30, 15 rebounds and like eight assists, probably. Yeah, probably somewhere maybe 31 32 like he just scores a lot shea gill just is probably 35 points a game uh what do you think about the wolves wolves thunder matchup i think the wolves should be favored slightly i think the wolves are the more talented team that should win i kind of think the thunder will win though uh oklahoma city is the fourth best team and really when you get into like how many times they've, they've been it they're really the third best team in uh ats percentage on the road they're a great road team I had plus five and a half tonight admission. Uh, they are in fact, four and a half point underdogs to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Notably, they were bigger dogs of the Pelicans than they are to the Wolves. That's wild to me. So, um, I mean, without like, Jaden McDaniels, you know, with Rodrigo bear having to come back after punching a teammate, like, Hey guys. Yeah. I just, that stuff is also weird to me. I I'll take the thunder. You know what? I'm going to pick the thunder. Okay. I'm going to pick the upset. It would be uh, it'd be a really fun series with OKC division. Uh, somebody noted this division teams. It's either it's going to be a division rival either way. Man, I didn't think of that either. Actually, now that you, now that you mention it, so that would be really interesting. Um, um, old I friend Tim Conley. What's that? Old friend Tim Conley. Potentially. That, that that's the other reason I probably would prefer OKC. Is just it's a, there's just a little bit of weirdness to Chris Finch, Tim Conley. I don't know. It's a little weird. realistically, it's just that I don't I don't necessarily like I just. I don't love that narrative and it's just going to heighten the conversation around totally. a lot of things that have been out outside of, of teams control this season. All right. So that's playoff prep day two. 
as we continue here on Locked On Nuggets. Tomorrow, we'll be back with reactions from the next day of practice. Jokic is going to talk tomorrow. Ooh. Excited for it. That should be good. We'll, uh, we'll get you updated on all that. We'll talk about more about what we think about these matchups and potentially the first-round opponents. I want to get into some of the ideas from Adam about some of the other playoff series and what he thinks about those as well. Make sure to check out DMVR for all sorts of great content across the Colorado sports landscape. I just came up with that phrase. Um, and check out the podcast, the video shows, all the great content. You got any, are, you, are you doing the list? Are you doing film study? For the playoffs, I will. We'll see if I'm able to get to any kind of preview. I hate that. Yeah, this is, I will say this. Uh, as much as it sucks for the Nuggets to not know who they're going to face until Friday night, it also sucks for us because we're just like, can't provide analysis when we don't know what it's going to be. So, um, yeah, but we'll have all those and more. I will also have, I will write a series preview for uh, whichever team comes out versus the Nuggets. I'll have that over at Action Network. Uh, if you're interested in betting the NBA playoffs at all, make sure to check out Buckets. It's my other podcast, and we have uh, series previews up on all of the other series so far. I am ahead of the game in my podcasting this week. I got to catch up on the writing side. Uh, Adam, have yourself a great night. Folks in the chat, have yourselves a great night. We'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets.